Before we get started today, I'd like to talk about our new Buy Me A Coffee memberships. Now, when you subscribe monthly for the price of one to five coffees, you also get exclusive benefits like special newsletters, behind the scenes content, the ability to ask questions directly to us, as well as a special shout out here on our podcast. And today I want to thank our first members on Buy Me A Coffee, Anderson da Silva, Kat Kramer, and Fra. Thank you all very, very much. You too should join them and support independent journalism. Head to Buy Me A Coffee and subscribe, and starting next week, you can hear your name on Explaining Brazil. If you cannot support us on a monthly basis, you can still tip us a coffee to give us the energy we need to cover a country as complex as Brazil and a region as complex as Latin America. Head to buymeacoffee.com slash report to find out more. The week in Brazil began intensely. Firstly, the education minister resigned after taking heat for an alleged influence peddling scheme operating under his watch. Moments later, in what seemed like a diversionary tactic, the government announced that it would be replacing Petrobras CEO. 17 horas e 30 minutos, o presidente Jair Messias Bolsonaro decidiu demitir o presidente da Petrobras, Joaquim Silva Luna. While the timing of the announcement didn't seem to be entirely by chance, The switch was weeks in the making. Bolsonaro had grown furious at Luna e Silva since Petrobras announced massive fuel price rises on March 10th. This week, we discuss what the changes at Petrobras mean for the company's future, for the Brazilian economy, and for the upcoming election. I'm Alex Hochuli, standing in for the Brazilian Report's editor-in-chief, Gustavo Ribeiro. This is Explaining Brazil. Under pressure from the relentless rise in international prices, Brazilian state-controlled oil and gas giant Petrobras announced its biggest fuel hike since 2016 on March 10th. In Rio de Janeiro, Brazilian drivers complained after a fuel price hike caused by soaring inflation. Gasoline, diesel, and liquefied petroleum gas sold in refineries will see prices rise 19%, 25%, and 16%, respectively. After holding out for almost two months, the company could no longer ignore the continuing surge in oil prices around the globe. Gasoline prices hit all-time highs in March 2022. Especially since its pricing policy pegs domestic fares to international ones. Since the rise was announced, relations between Petrobras CEO Joaquim Luna e Silva and the company's controlling shareholder, the Brazilian government, have soured. É impagável o preço dos combustíveis no Brasil. E, lamentavelmente, a Petrobras não colabora com nada. Brazilian inflation has been north of 10% for six months, and the move by the oil company essentially guaranteed that inflation would remain high for longer. And inflation is any incumbent president's worst enemy, not only in Brazil, but everywhere. In the U.S., for example, Democrats are bracing for defeat in this year's midterm elections as inflation reaches highs not seen in a generation. Ana Ferraz, you're a finance reporter at The Brazilian Report. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. Okay, so what's happening at Petrobras? Well, to explain what we are seeing now, we have to rewind back to 2016. 
Right after the impeachment of center-left President Dilma Rousseff, Petrobras promoted a U-turn in its pricing policy. Under Dilma, the company froze prices in an attempt to tame inflation. In a country as dependent on road transportation as Brazil, if few prices increase, hundreds of other prices also follow the upward trend due to rising distribution costs. The move helped Dilma Rousseff win re-election in 2014, but caused billion-dollar losses and helped turn Petrobras into the world's most indebted oil company. When the new wing right government took over in May 2016, it pegged the company's pricing policy to international prices. At one point, prices at refineries were changing daily. Wow, right. And how did that turn out? That's a complicated answer. On one side, it helped Petrobras get back on its feet and recover its finances. The back came at an expense for Brazilian consumers, who were overburned by rising fuel costs. And that situation really reached a boiling point in 2018, when truck drivers and transportation companies combined for a lockout, paralyzing activities for 11 days in order to force diesel prices to go down, among other things. The truck strikes create havoc in Brazil. Multiple urban centers began lacking fuel and food supplies. Agriculture producers lost a lot of money and saw their productions completely disrupted. Livestock died of starvation. Milk just sat to sour at truckers wouldn't move it. It was mayhem. In the end, the government caved to truckers' demand and altered the pricing policy in a way to reduce fluctuations. Right, and since the pandemic, prices have only gone upwards, right? Exactly, and actually, that exposed the Petrobras dilemma. While being a public trade company, Petrobras remains under government control. And that puts is on a tightrope. The diverse profile of stakeholders has created a rift between the government, which called the shots, and the minority owners. On one side, considers that affects the Petrobras roles in governmental policies and its institutional symbolism, while the other is simply more interested in the company's financial results. That division becomes more apparent in situations such as this one. While high oil prices help Petrobras post records profits in 2021 and earn government's massive dividends, it also creates a pickle for the president. As a standard, 50-liter gas tanks costing a third of the minimum wage. So that's why we're seeing the change at the helm of Petrobras? President Jair Bolsonaro is standing for re-election, and angry drivers tend to equal a narrow path to a second term. Yes, but it's more complicated than that. Bolsonaro has to worry about meeting his fiduciary obligations to shareholders. So he had been advised not to explicitly interfere with Petrobras. And after the March 10 hikes, he started to publicly bash CEO Joaquim Silva Luna, hoping that he would make life intolerable for the executive, who would then resign in time for the April 13 shareholders meeting. Right, but then the education minister had to resign, and Bolsonaro couldn't resist pulling the trigger and ending this public war of attrition. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so who's the new Petrobras CEO? Well, Adriano Pires is close to President Bolsonaro and has been an informal government advisor on energy matters. Uh, but this is an interesting nomination, though. Pires has publicly defended on multiple occasions the current pricing policy adopted by Petrobras. As a matter of fact, one of the latest price hikes, Pires wrote an op-ed 
saying it was a mistake not to have done that sooner. However, he was shown himself sensitive to the fact that consumers should be spared from the current price hikes, whether through direct food subsidies or a stabilization fund used to control prices without harming the market. So why the change then? Well, our Brazilian correspondent Amanda Audi talked to aides of President Bolsonaro, who told her that it is, like many things with this government, a matter of narrative. Bolsonaro wants to be able to tell voters that he has done everything he could, and that if fuel prices remain stubbornly high, it would not be anything of his doing. Right, but Bolsonaro is a mercurial leader who often can't resist outbursts of anger. I mean, can we believe that he won't interfere with Petrobras? That possibility is always there. Joaquim Silvilona's predecessor, Roberto Castelo Branco, gave an interview this week saying that the president used to tax him and call him to ask about fuel prices. As pressões se fazem de, de algumas formas, através de recados, através de, de mensagens. Okay, so Ana, when the April 13th shareholders meeting takes place, it won't just be to vote on the company's new CEO, but it will also vote on an entirely new board of directors. Yes, that's already on the schedule after a couple of members reached the end of their terms. But the most notable move, the government picked Rodolfo Langin, who has decades of experience in the oil sector, including a 26-year tenure at Petrobras, but who is currently a football executive. He is the president of Flamengo, Brazil's most popular football team. But that's not why the move is laden with controversy. So, Ladin faces fraud allegations and is thought to be a sort of Trojan horse that could work for the government's goal of changing Petrobras' pricing policy. The market didn't react well. The first day after the announcement of Landing was made, share prices dropped by almost 8%. Investment bank BTG Pactual said changes in the board formation would signal modified company management and may make investors fearful. Chispe, a massive brokerage firm, also expressed reserves. Skepticism around government interference in Petrobras has hurt the company's value. Of 100 oil companies analyzed by consultancy Economática, only eight have seen share prices shrink by more than 10% since the war in Ukraine began, and Petrobras is one of the eight. Wow, Anna, thanks very much for explaining these moves for us. Thank you, Alex. We'll be right back. We at The Brazilian Report have launched an in-depth report telling you everything you need to know to prepare yourself for this year in Brazil. You might already know that Brazil will elect a new president in October, and there are several other issues you should be aware of, such as the impacts of China's recent transformations on Brazil, the extreme climate events that will affect Brazilian agriculture, the state of congressional elections, and which way the economy is likely to go. You can purchase the report on our website and all of our listeners can enjoy a special 22% discount. Just use the promo code EXPLAINING22. And we're back. And now we'll talk with Gessner Oliveira, an economist and consultant based in Sao Paulo. Gessner, thank you for being here. Petrobras share prices went up on Tuesday, the first day after the announcement of Adriano Pires, and returned to Friday's levels. How much of that is due to trust in Pires, 
and how much is just a correction after a two plus percent drop on Monday? I, I think that uh, uh, we had two effects. Uh, when it was first announced that uh, there would be a replacement of the president of Petrobras, although uh, the market knew and uh, in, in had received the name of Adriano Pires, it was not sure and it was not confirmed that he would be the new uh, president. So uh, the first impact of the, uh, of the uh, substitution of the president of Petrobras uh, reflected the fear that some type of disruptive movement could happen. Uh, right after the, uh, the confirmation of Adriano Pires' name in, in the fact that he is someone uh, pretty much in line with the policies uh, which uh, are more technical and expected uh, by the market, I think that uh, there, was, uh, uh, there was a correction in the sense that uh, uh, the uncertainty of the previous day was eliminated. In, uh, in furthermore, uh, his name, different from uh, General Joaquin Luna Silva, his name was uh, more well known in the market. He was a regulator at uh, at the uh, National Agents of Petroleum. Uh, he was. Uh, a consultant in the industry and a commentator in many issues. So um, I, I think people uh, were relieved that uh, nothing surprising uh, would happen. Adriano Pires will be the 23rd Petrobras CEO in just 36 years. That's an average of one every 18 months. What does that say about Petrobras, considering what you yourself said about investors hating uncertainty? Well, unfortunately, uh, you know, it tells us that uh, the value of Petrobras uh, is, you know, Petrobras uh, uh, loses value uh, when it's uh, uh, in the hands of the state and uh, when it, it is influenced by the political cycles. Uh, when, whenever you have a political interference in Petrobras, uh, its value goes down. And, and even when you don't have political interference, the, the very fact that the Brazilian... Uh, the Brazilian uh, state uh, is the major shareholder of Petrobras, uh, diminishes uh, its value. Talk of privatization pops up every now and again. President Bolsonaro said himself this week that he would push for it if re-elected. Do you see the political conditions for that in the near future? Uh, I, I think that uh, Bolsonaro, his uh, career as a politician uh, has been one of uh, state intervention. He, he is not a liberal uh, politician. He's not enthusiastic about uh, the market mechanism. Uh, and he, he's not 
really given much importance in terms of uh, of market mechanism. I, I think that back in 2018, uh, supporting a platform, a liberal platform, was very uh, useful uh, in terms of being anti-PT in uh, critical of all the interventionist policies uh, of both uh, Lula and especially Dilma uh, uh, administrations. Every now and then he says, I will privatize Petrobras as a threat. Uh, but but he, he's just... Uh, He's just playing, uh, playing this. I, I don't think that he has a plan to really privatize uh, Petrobras. And, and he is uh, very much aware that he needs support uh, from civil servants, from uh, the employees of a number of uh, state enterprises. So... He he's not he's not uh, uh, really committed to uh, uh, a privatization program. Despite the change in leadership, Itaú BBA, Bradesco BBI, and Credit Suisse will keep Petrobras shares labeled outperform. Others, though, weren't impressed. Where do you stand on the issue? I wouldn't change the uh, the evaluation of Petrobras shares. Uh, due to the change in in the presidency, I I think that uh, Adriano Pires uh, will. Uh, I, I think that he is more familiar with the sector, and he will be. He will have a better dialogue with the different sectors, both within the government and outside the government. I think that with the. Uh, with the oil prices as high as they are at the moment, and with the pressal, Brazil has a, uh, an enormous uh, chance to uh, to increase its uh, sales and royalties. Uh, with the uh, petroleum prices as high as they are, I think Petrobras will perform well. Uh, but but with this. Um, uh, there, uh, given the fact that we we are not going to privatize Petrobras, uh, it will perform well. But uh, um, worse than the counterfactual of uh, a privatized Petrobras. Pires has talked about direct subsidies to gas or about a stabilization fund as a way to control prices instead of price freezes. In your opinion, what's the best way to handle the current crisis? Well, I, I think that the proposals of uh, stabilization fund uh, in, in Adriano Pires himself has signed articles uh, supporting that. He has uh, given his opinion in favor of that. I think that uh, uh, it's it's a good idea, uh, although it does have some resistance on the part of Paul Guedes and in the Ministry of Economy. And I think that Adriano Pires will not have uh, much room to uh, formulate uh, economic policies because, you know, he uh, he's in the role of, uh, of uh, CEO of the company. So he will 
he will not uh, he will not have a vote or a say uh, in the discussion uh, of what to do in order to attenuate the impact of the high oil prices. Although I think that, you know, given the fact that he knows the sector, he's well respected, uh, I think that uh, he will be heard somehow and sometimes, you know, he will uh, have uh, discussions with the Ministry of the Economy, with the President. I think that... uh, it will be easier for him, uh, perhaps, to uh, to have some influence, but very indirect influence, on economic policy of this sort. Because as president of Petrobras, he can only uh, maximize uh, profits to Petrobras. Uh, this is his role in his fiduciary duty. Uh, as a CEO of Petrobras, he will will not be able to go to Congress and negotiate a proposal and and, uh, support this or that proposal. But but I think that he will help in the debate. Uh, I think Joaquin Silva, uh, it's understandable that he, he was not very familiar with the sector, so he... He was not. Uh, he did not have much influence in the debate. I think that Adriano Pires will have more influence, but but his uh, fiduciary duty uh, will prevail upon his opinions, and he will uh, he will have a lot of challenges as president of Petrobras uh, enough to keep him busy. Gessner Oliveira is an economist and consultant. He served as CEO of Savespi, the Sao Paulo sanitation company, which, like Petrobras, is a publicly run company on the stock market. If you like Explaining Brazil, please drop us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It takes a second, and it'll help more people find out about the show. Or you can sign up to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to input any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Alex Hochuli, filling in for Gustavo Ribeiro. Thank you for listening.